0: Just gonna go home and just go straight to the rotors, or if you guys want to. Yeah.
1: You do know you do know part of her. Do you remember Hannah Schmidt? Or Hannah yeah. and that's yeah. Hannah's <laughs> mom. Good morning, good morning. morning. Come on in, we'll grab your snack and coffee and let's grab a seat. So we can stand. Amen. Hey, good morning to everyone who's online. It's good that you're tuning in. If you've never tuned in before, you're wondering why we start so late. We pretty much start at nine fifteen for now or nine forty. Or nine nine forty five. Nine nine forty five. It's a little late this morning, but hey, um, it's good to be together this morning. And it was cold this morning, so we're going to have to sing louder and clap and things so we stay warm. Let's invite the Lord's presence as we invite the worship team to catch up with us, too. Next week, I'm going to give this. uh, It's my birthday this week, and a few of you already said happy birthday. But for my birthday, I always give the church an extra hour of sleep. (laughs) (laughs) So next week, next week, you can all sleep in one extra hour. And you can thank me then if you want. (laughs) But yeah, so so remember, time change is next week. Um, it, it is nice in the fall because you get an extra hour. In spring, it's kind of a bummer. I take my hour back from you. Um, it is always fun on a on a Sunday morning. You can always tell the people who forgot to do their clock on that day because they walk in, you know, 45 minutes. No one's ever an hour early, but 45 minutes early. And I'll, we're usually practicing, and I'll say, "Did you forget about the time change?" And you know, they usually go to breakfast and never come back. Let's pray as we open the service and worship the Lord. God, we thank you for our opportunity and time to be here this morning. God, we're here because you've called us and you're calling us. You're calling us into a deeper relationship with you. You called us out of our sin, out of darkness. You're calling us to a new light, a new life, a new hope. God, and um, Father, I am so thankful that You've awakened my spirit, that that, uh, you've made me alive in you. Lord Jesus, I just ask that you would come this morning, let your presence be known and felt and experienced this morning for all of us. God, that as we would sing songs, it'd be more than just songs, but it would be a time of reflection and a time of uh, talking to you and spending time with you. Bless this time in worship, Father. For those still coming this morning and going to whatever church that they're going to, that is preaching the gospel this morning, you pray that they would find you. They would find a message that encourages and challenges and draws us closer to you. Bless every pastor and preacher and speaker this morning. God, let them be anointed to bring forth truth, Lord. God, help us as the uh, song we used to sing many years ago, forget about ourselves and concentrate on you and worship you this morning. Father, we thank you so much. And we give you the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And encourage you to stand. But again, some people, it gets uncomfortable. You can sit. You can kneel. But let's worship the Lord appropriately.
0: he gave us his one and only son to save us whoever believes in him will live forever your failures, bring your addictions, come lay them down at the foot of the cross, Jesus is waiting there, with open arms, for God so loved, the world that he gave us is one and only son to save us, whoever believes in him will live.
1: before Jesus came into that last week of his life and before the crucifixion, he entered into Jerusalem and all the people threw their coats and the palm leaves down and they began to sing this word, Hosanna, Hoshiana, save us. That's what we're going to sing this morning as we sing out to him, God save us. Save us from sin. Save us from this world. Save us from ourselves. We lift your name up today, God.
0: We lift you up. Praise rising. Eyes are to. in your presence all our fears are washed away washed away Your way, come have your way among us. We welcome you here, Lord Jesus. Thank you
1: hungry for a real move of the Holy Spirit, God, in our lives. God, we're hungry for something real and something new.
0: built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but holy trust in Jesus.
1: God, I pray that right now you would search our hearts and search our lives. There's areas of our life that we're holding back from you. God, I pray that you would show it and help us to relinquish those and give them over to you, God. That we would allow you to be the King, the Lord of all of it. That we would submit our relationships to you, we would submit our work to you, God, our finances, that we would rest in your care for us and your sovereignty, that you are sovereign, powerful above everything. God, let not that be just something that we say, that God is sovereign, but let us really, truly understand and live it, that you are Almighty God, but you're good, and we can trust you as we would open up our hands and allow you to be Lord of each and every one of us in every part of our lives, God. The things that we're holding on to, trying to control, we release this morning to you. God, even those things, those personality traits, those things that we're using and masking and afraid to just relinquish, because maybe people would judge us, because we don't know what we would do if we didn't do those things. God, help us right now to just give it to you. Lord that we'd be able to have that free relationship with you unhindered unfettered God come right now Lord Jesus pour out your spirit draw us to your presence Lord
0: This is my The air I breathe. This is.
1: Jesus in different ways in different occasions said things like I have food that you know not of my food is to do the will of the father help us Lord to grow into the place that we really do understand and receive strength, nourishment from your presence more than anything else we can think of, that we need you. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Before you sit down, greet somebody and tell them you love them and that God is good. way further. That's fine. <laughs> oh, thank you, son. Got any announcements? Well, I just wanted to bring to your attention a couple of things coming up as we're grabbing our seats again. We have some, a, a, some exciting things, and we have uh, November 15th and November 17th, we have a special benefit concert. And Ken, do you want to share about that? You
0: want me to do it? or Come on up. So hi, everybody. I'm going to do a concert here on the 15th and the 17th. There's a flyer out in the lobby. There's also ways you can buy tickets with Venmo and PayPal. I also have tickets. We have 100 seats available for uh, Tuesday night and 100 seats for Thursday night. And we're kind of uh, promoting this as a night of music, fun, fellowship, inspiration, and joyous noise. So I hope you all come join us and, and spread the word around if you would. All right? We'll see you then.
1: Awesome. So that's November 15th, 17th. Make sure you, in case you did get the word out. We want to fill the place. It's going to be good. And all the proceeds from this go to the benefit the youth group. So um, so that's going to be awesome. Um, next Saturday is uh, the last day. If, you, if you've got some good clothes to bring, make sure you do that before Saturday. And so we can um, get that offloaded and, and donated to uh, the source that we're donating things. We're we're not necessarily looking for more, but if you got something you really want a place, you can do that. But also, there's local places, too. You know, the Doves Thrift Store, things like that really help the local community. So um, it's a place. Otherwise, save it until next um, August and then bring it to the church, and then we'll sell it here. So, you know, it's a long way away. Um, and then, in addition, the Operation Christmas Child is happening. It's um, I don't have the, the final date. It's It's coming up in... Early November I believe is the last date to bring those boxes in so in the foyer back there um, our our shoe boxes if you want one you can just uh, you fold it up and it it you don't have to wrap it you don't have to do anything it just turns into a shoe box and the instructions are on that you can also go to operation Christmas child online to get the things that you can and can pack and shouldn't pack um, you know there's no war toys there's no liquids and and you know we used to you know we used to put like you know rubber knives and things like it's a lot of fun that's what i used to play with but you know we the the children that are receiving these some of them are growing up in war-torn areas those aren't appropriate toys so please take a look at what you should and shouldn't bring uh pack but but do that there's also i want to encourage you a lot of you um adopted a child for compassion um if you did that and you want to bypass the box or do both um, give a Christmas gift to, a compa- to your compassion child. And I believe the deadline is the 31st to do that. So if you've got a compassion child that you support on a monthly basis, you could give a special gift to your child too online. I just want to bring that out. Um, is there any other announcements, anything we were... Yes, prayer. Yes, and a question. Okay. New members class. Thank you, thank you. That's a big one. If you're interested in finding out about the Journey Church, not necessarily becoming a member, I, 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 we should have clarified that. Um, we're going to do a three three weeks Wednesday, starting the ninth, the sixteenth, and the twenty third, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. And this is um, it's what's our, called as the one hundred and one. It's you get to come and just listen to what the Journey Church believes, as you've already been hearing the teachings. And then at the end of that class, it's the kind of the opportunity to, to say, you know, I, I like where this church is going. I, I want to be um, more than just an attender. I want to be part of the family, part of the, the body of Christ at uh, the Journey Church. So if you're interested, you can come. Um, we'll provide coffee, snacks, things like that. And uh, Wednesday the 9th, 16th, 23rd. And uh, that's the 101 class. And then, Charmaine, there was something else. Was that it? Yes. Yeah, and, and then in the, so in, in the pockets um, in front of you are, are uh, visitor cards as well as um, prayer requests and praise reports. So, you know, they've, they've been there forever. And, and we must not have done a good job because they've been there for 15 years. <laughs> and, and a few people came up and said, you don't have any prayer request cards in this church. And I'm like, they're there. So now you know. They're right in front, but also on the back is a praise report. Write those two. Did God do something this week? Um, even if you didn't put the prayer request in that we prayed for, just anything that God has done in your life, we love to rejoice with that. That goes out to our prayer people, and that goes into the, the next um, an announcement. We are um, going to be coming up with new prayer times at different lo- times, but one of the ones we're going to start again is pre-service prayer. So there's a couple things in that. Um, it's going to go from 845 to 910 every Sunday. It's going to be held in the nursery. And um, and so but what we're looking for is is a few different people, maybe four who would say, I'll lead that once a week and by leading it, all you do is tell Shh, we're praying, that's pretty much all you have to do. And then at 845, you start praying. You don't have to tell everyone what we're praying about. It's just a time of prayer. And, and so your job is to show up, open the door, and start praying at 845. When people come in chit-chatting, you go, shh, we're praying. I think most of you could do that. That's it. And then you're going to pray. So that's going to be happening every Sunday, um, 845 to 910. The reason we're sh- doing it early enough is so that at, at, when you're done with praying, you can come out and visit and, and, and your fellowship because that's what we're also part of is the community of, of Christ. I gave an announcement about the time change already, but here's what I'm going to say in that. Because we are changing the time next week, everybody's going to feel like they're up an hour early. We are going to start the service at 9.30. <laughs> wow, right? I, now I've said it. That means, worship team, you're ready here to sing at 8 a.m. Uh, we are singing at 8. We are practicing. We are done so we can start the service at 9.30. As a step of faith, so. But it's a I thought it's a great week to start that because you'll all kind of be up at home, kind of going, "What do I do? I got an extra hour." Well, still, you know, you you know, come at nine nine, you know, come at eight forty five for prayer, and we'll start service at nine thirty, and then we'll be out at eleven for sure, and we'll beat the Baptists to the barbecue. <laughs> Anyways, that's it. Um, we're gonna receive our our ties and offerings here, and and. Um, you know, it's just simple. The, the Bible says to bring the f- the first ten percent of of what God has blessed you with, and, and just bring it to Him. It, it didn't say give it to Him. It says bring it. The reason the Bible doesn't say give it to Him is because it's already His. And so all you're doing is just bringing what's His. He's blessed you with everything you have, and He says the the first ten is mine. So so you know that's between you and the Lord. Um, but uh, we're going to pray for the offering as the the guys come and um, let's do that. Heavenly Father, we thank you. You have blessed us, Lord, and giving is a step of faith, so we pray that you would increase our faith as we give, Lord, and, and I pray that as we do, you'd expand the kingdom of God in this place, God, in right here at the Journey Church, expand the kingdom of God in Big Bear, that people would come to know you in a greater way. Lord, the kingdom of God, let it Grow. Let it increase. Let it, let it be established in this state of California, which is like a state of chaos to me. Lord, let it be established here. Let the kingdom of God be established in this nation. Let it, the kingdom of God, be established throughout the world, wherever your believers are. God, let the kingdom of God grow and be established. Bless this offering in Jesus' name. No one said, Amen. Next Tuesday is voting day. I want to encourage everyone to exercise their um, civic duty as well as their Christian responsibility to um, be godly in the elections. So when, the, when the, as it pertains to any morality and godliness, go with the Bible. Everything else, do what you do a lot of things on, those ball- on the ballots that have nothing to do with righteousness, their opinions, and, and we're doing the best we can on those. Just pray and figure things out as best as you can. Don't just buy into some of the rhetoric. I do love some of the rhetoric that goes around in voting time. You know, Study things out. See, see what's really going on in these things. But, but anything that has to do with morality, with, with godliness, I say vote and vote your Christian Values, amen? <laughs> Take a message. I know. I still am a little gun-shy from that time that I kept hearing my voice echo back to me a, b- a few months ago. And I'm like, somebody in here is listening to the live stream on their phone, and if you could turn it off, it's really distracting me. Then I found out it was me. <laughs> It was, it was pretty fun. It was pretty fun. Hey, we are continuing our march through the book of 1 Corinthians. If, uh, if you're on Facebook, you got the message, hopefully. Um, if you're on Facebook, please join the, the Journey Church group page as well as like the Journey Church page. Both of those are they're two different things. Um, we do post updates there a lot. Um, and, and that's one of the ways we use to communicate because so many people are on Facebook. And um, so if you are, then you might have gotten seen the message this week that said, read 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Uh, we want to be reading the scriptures ahead of where we're at, um, going through it. I'd in- encourage you to take notes as you're reading, write down questions that you have. And if we don't cover it on a Sunday morning, bring it up at your life groups. Um, we want to make sure we're... we're Growing and learning the Word of God. Uh, don't take my word for it. You don't don't ever just take my word for anything. Make sure what I say is biblical. And uh, so we want to be doing that. We're gonna we're gonna cover one through uh, um, eleven basically. Actually, no, we're going i I'm like that's too too far. We're only gonna go one through eight. Uh, I'm gonna dip into nine through eleven just a tiny bit. We're gonna hit chapter six one through eight. Mick, will you just pray for us this morning? Lord, we thank you for your word. And we just pray, Lord, that you'll use Rob to speak your words. And Lord, that it'll open up our hearts to receive what you have for us today. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Paul's writing to the church at Corinth, writing to believers, dealing with issues that happen among the church. As we're finding, as we're reading, and we're going to really see this morning, the things that were happening in the days of Corinth still happen today. The things that happened today happened before. The Bible says that there is nothing new under the sun. Um, I believe in a real devil, a, a, a real Satan, and I believe that Satan is alive and well, and he is roaming this planet. Um, seeking, the Bible says, whom he may devour. He is known as the accuser. He is known as the deceiver. One of his great weapons is to deceive us into thinking the way he wants us to think, which this is as broad as it gets. The way he wants us to think is anything contrary to the ways of God. That's why he packages things not always sinister and evil-looking. Sometimes the enemy comes in and packages it in a way that looks nice and fluffy and feel good. Let's all get along and just sing Kumbaya. And, and the reason that that doesn't always work is because the Bible teaches us things like there's only one way to heaven one way to eternal life and that's through Jesus Christ. And so we can love people very well but we can't always agree on everything, right? And and the world, the enemy would have is deceiving the world into telling us that that that's just not nice. And so we just need to agree and which is really really hilarious when you think about it. We can't agree about anything. And so they're telling us to agree about everything. Anyway, so um, the, the enemy it, it gets involved in us still to this day, and he influences us. Now, uh, we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about the devil this morning, but some people do. When it comes to the devil, they ask, well, can a Christian uh, um, be possessed? Or another way to, to ask that is, can a Christian have a demon? Well, scripturally, no, you cannot be possessed if you are a Christian, you can't have uh, the spirit of the world, the spirit of the enemy living inside of you, absolutely controlling you. And if you, some of you go, what do you mean possession? There are people who are literally possessed with the devil. I have come in contact with people like that, and it's, it's bizarre. Um, but, but the other side, I want to say, uh, Pastor John Dunn used to say it this way, and, and I liked what he, I love the way he said it. He says, people would say, well, can a Christian have a demon? And and his response was, a Christian can have anything they want. You go, huh? Yeah, yeah. You know, if if you wanna if you wanna dance with a demon, you can dance with a demon. If you wanna allow your life to be uh, to be um, boy, I just lost the word to be um, moved along or uh, manipulated by a demon. Um, you know. You can, you can do that, and that's simply by kind of giving in. You still can't be possessed, but you can sure look like you are because you just agree with everything the enemy tells you all the time. So if you want to live like that as a Christian, you can, and you will be influenced. That was the other word I was looking for. What Tough word, huh? Influenced. I couldn't think of that word. You can be influenced by the enemy. Well, as we're going into this this morning, we're talking about something... Um, that is an interesting topic today, and it's very common. In fact, it's way too common today in the world, and it becomes common in the church as well, and that's lawsuits. Specifically, though, lawsuits among believers. In between two godly people, two people who confess to being Christians, and, and he says this, and starting verse 1, When one of you has a grievance against another, does he dare go to the law before the unrighteous instead of the saints? Or do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world is to be judged by you, are you incompetent to try trivial cases? Do you not know that we are to judge angels? How much more than matters pertaining to this life? So if you have such cases, why do you lay them before those who have no standing In the church, I say this to your shame. Can it be that there is no one among you wise enough to settle a dispute among the brothers? But brother goes to law against brother, and that before unbelievers. To have lawsuits at all with one another is already a defeat for you. Why not rather suffer wrong? Why not rather be defrauded? But you yourselves wrong and defraud even your own brothers." Father, bless this time in the Word. Help us to be open to hearing what you have to say in Jesus' name. Amen. Lawsuits today are are plenty. You know, they are a dime a dozen. I I, I imagine that some of you, um, especially business owners, you have been sued before. Um, People love to sue one another. Honestly, sometimes it's just an opportunity to make a buck. Sometimes you just get threatened to sue and if you have good insurance or, uh, you know, you, people know how to work the system and they know that you'll, you can get an easy $10,000 just for bringing up the word lawsuit and a lot of companies especially will just go, here, have some money. We, d- we want to avoid that. This is the, the way we live today in the world. One of the reasons that we have, uh, that a lot of the fun has been taken out of the world is because of lawsuits. You can't even do certain um, activities anymore because people are so darned afraid of being sued. Um, I used to work with a a guy at the school district many years ago, and his his aunt apparently had a house down in Anaheim, in Orange County, that had a really cool roof that went down, I think it kind of went like that, and at the edge of it, it was only about this tall and so the local kids would get up onto her roof and skateboard down. And they just had a blast and they would skateboard down and she, when, when she was at work and she would say, please don't do that, please get off my roof. Well, one day, one kid went up there, she didn't invite him up there, went up there, skateboarded down, fell off, broke his arm and the parents sued this woman and won. They called it an invitational nuisance. In other words, It was just inviting somebody to climb up on there and skateboard. We live in a world that's wrought with trivial and and just ridiculous uh, lawsuits. And so, unfortunately, sometimes within the body of Christ, people bring that in. Sometimes they're trivial and sometimes they're not. But in addition to just lawsuits... If you read the first verse, says, when one, one of you has a grievance against another. You know, we, we live a life sometimes where things happen and you do have a grievance with somebody else. Um, you might get offended by them, or, or maybe you get into an agreement with somebody and, and one of them breaks the agreement. Well, within the church, Paul is directly speaking to us today in the church. So I want to cover this today. And and it's a little tough because there is nothing wrong necessarily with needing when a company needs to, um, you know, protect their rights or whatever. Sometimes companies do that. We're talking about individuals who are Christian within the church. And it says, when you have a grievance against somebody, does he dare go to law before the unrighteous instead of the saints? What he's trying to help us to understand is that within the church, we should first try to settle things with each other. The Bible says if you have aught with somebody, first go to them. The very first thing is you just go directly to them and say, hey, I've got a problem. And, and if, if that, you try to work it out. If that doesn't say it, it says take somebody else with you the next time and go and, and, and try to go with somebody else, hey. There's a problem, and I'm wondering if you can do it. And if, and if that doesn't work, it says that you actually go to the elders of the church, and this is an extension of that. When you have a problem with somebody in the church, let's try to resolve it first one-on-one. If that doesn't work, let's, let's not, not build up people for your case, but let's bring in some people who might be able to help us resolve this. And finally, if not, we, we want to bring the elder between, uh, up, up to leadership and to spiritual people. To wise people. Sometimes they're not even uh, the leadership. You might just know that there's somebody who's very wise in the church and you might say, hey, can we bring this person in? They're, good, you know, they're, they're a good mediator. They have wisdom. It says, why do you go to the law before the unrighteous instead of the saints? The word unrighteous there isn't talking about morally bad, morally unrighteous, because you might go, oh, well, I know this judge. He's a really nice guy. He's, he's very fair. He's, he's not morally bad but he's not a believer. This is speaking specifically of why do you go to somebody who's not a Christian to help you settle your case between another Christian? And, and, and the point is we're the body of Christ. We're supposed to be an example to the world of love, of, of unity, of care. We're, we're, we're supposed to be uh, I think I think we should be in a sense, more mature. We should have things going on in the body of Christ that make us and make the kingdom of God look appetizing instead of like, I would never want to be involved in that. And this is part of the way we do it, is that we would learn how to work within the body and resolve conflict. Who's ever had a conflict with anybody? Raise your hand, right? I mean, if you I mean, it's like you you mean today, or yesterday, because we probably, you know, it's, it's only 10 o'clock in the morning, but we've probably maybe even already had a conflict today. Conflict is something we have all the time. But what, what Christ is actually calling, is like, learn how to have conflict and resolve the, the conflict and, and try to get it done within the church. And not just try, he, he uses some strong words here. He says, do you not know that the saints will judge the world and you, say, and you go, well, when's that going to happen? I don't understand exactly how end times judgment and all of these things work, but the Bible says that we as Christians will judge, be part of the judging of angels, which I believe is talking about, you know, demonic angels, demonic spirits. He so says, we're going we're to be called upon uh, to be judges. And I'm like, I don't even understand that, but we need to understand and, and rise up that we can rely on the Holy Spirit. we can exercise wisdom and we need to grow in some of these areas in order to do that. It says if the world is to be judged by you, are you incompetent to try trivial cases? Now we've talked about Paul's uh, writing sometimes. I like this one. If you've got that, that thing in you any, you know the pride, any pride at all in you and somebody comes up his Kenny, are you just incompetent to do that? You know what it's going to cause him to do? He's going to do it. He's like, oh, no, I'm not, and I'll show you I'm not. <laughs> right? right? There's something in us. You can say, are you just incompetent? like, no, and I'll show you that I'm not. I think Paul's kind of doing, are you just incompetent? He's kind of pressing on their buttons a little bit, going, no, I can do this. Yeah, exactly, you can do this. I, I use that same thing with my kids sometimes. Are you incompetent to take out the trash? No, then why didn't you? It's kind of like, oh, right? because They're kind of stuck at that point. They just admitted that they're not incompetent to do it, which means they just didn't do it. Paul's kind of using some of the same stuff on us. And remember, these people were wise. Remember the whole part of one of the things of Corinth is that they were into wisdom and let's get this new wisdom and new understanding. And he's going, what, aren't you wise? Are you incompetent to make some decisions here. And, and he's kind of pressing on us. And I think it's good because we need to hear that ourselves. We need to hear that. Somebody needs to come up to us at times and say, are you incompetent to just handle this with, with that person? You, you really need a judge to go. And, and it should strike us to go, you know what? I, I, I'm a big boy. I, I, can, I can deal with this issue. In fact, I probably should go to them myself. Yeah, that sounds like a really good idea. It's like we do it with our kids, don't we? Good parents, when they have kids that are fighting each other, they don't, uh, hopefully, you didn't always just go in and spank one of the kids every time they said, He hit me. Because if you did that, I'll guarantee you that kid was manipulating you. He was just manipulating you. If you always just spank somebody because they said it, I've, I would mean, love watching kids. no. I'm like, no, 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 no. You go handle it. Right? Didn't you do that with your kids? You need to work this out. Go into your room. Work this out. Paul is telling us, and we need to hear it, go to your room and work it out. Deal with this. Here's some things that Christians do. Do you know what Fred did to me? I couldn't believe Fred. I walked right by him in church, and he just snubbed me. He's so arrogant. You ever, that ever happened to you? Maybe you did that. We, we pull people on our side. We, we, we're, we're not handling it well. Scriptures teach us that that we need to handle things better, and we definitely shouldn't be going to outside people to help handle our trivial cases. So if you have these cases, and let's let's do a real one. Let's do, there's a real wronging in amongst two people. Not talking about business, we're talking about two people. Uh, Maybe it's an agreement agreement. you know, I, I, in preparation for this, I was reading a lot of different stories, and I heard that it was a really a neat one where a, a pastor in a town called another pastor and said, hey, we've got an issue among two believers, and they want to work it out. They want some extra wisdom. Would you come and be part of this team of believers to help see if, if they can work this out? And, and it was just a simple thing. One person agreed to do work for another. The other person said that they had already given a down payment and the person wasn't doing the work. And um, and they were, it, it was just going on and on. Right? We've all been in a place like that. and so. But as believers, these two people were willing to go before some wise people, some godly people, and have their matter uh, arbitrated when they... When they got done and they listened to all the sides and they they you know they, they listened to both sides individually they did they, they really spent some good time these these pastors and they weren't the pastor from one church was a couple churches they determined that the person did not fulfill the work and that he needed to give the money back and the and the two people actually agreed to the arbitration process it doesn't always work out this way does it make it should and they said okay. I'm gonna give him his, his money back. Well, then what they found out is the reason he did it, he had fallen in some really, really hard times and he was actually broke. He didn't have any money. And so the pastors went to the other, other guy who was owed the money, and he said, Listen, the money is can be yours and it's yours and he he'll pay you. He says, But I just wanna encourage you to pray. Because you you won and you were vindicated, you you were right. But I want you to pray about what the Lord would have you do and so he did and he forgave the debt and everybody won everybody won because God was involved this is what should be happening within the church so if you've got an issue that comes up let's try to deal with it in this way where we'll go to one another let's not bring in outside forces let's not get people on our side and, and if we need to, let's, let's go to some wise people. Um, it says, um, in verse 5, I say this to your shame. Another version says, shame on you. I, I say this to your shame. Say this to your shame. Can it be that there is no one among you wise enough to settle a dispute between the brothers? Again, Paul's throwing in that thing. You guys, you guys say you're wise. There's nobody who's, who's got wisdom. Um, This, this goes back a little, it can go back to a, a few weeks ago when I was talking about when you are looking for the right answer, you tend to go to certain people. Sometimes when you're looking for advice, but you have a leaning of what you want the answer to be, you go to somebody who thinks you think is going to give you that, that good advice. Sometimes we don't want to go within the church, because we're kind of afraid of the answer that's going to come. So we want to go outside of the church. But let's let's stick within wisdom, and I want to talk about, about the other side of this in a minute. Can it be that there's no one among you wise enough to settle a dispute between the brothers, but brother goes to law against brother, and that before unbelievers. To have lawsuits at all with one another is already a defeat for you. And it says, why not rather suffer wrong? This is where it gets really... Really kinda of heavy. Why not rather be defrauded? But you yourselves wrong and defraud even your own brothers. Okay. I am not saying that we should roll over and let people hurt us. That's not what Paul's saying. I think in the church though, in the past, we've heard that message kind of. Just just be the victim. And that's not, that's not what I'm saying. I don't think we, we, we're not supposed to just be the victim. I'm talking about handling it in a, in a godly way. And so even, and, and I've, I have said this before, I've seen it at, at times in, in, in other churches where a woman who was being verbally abused and sadly I've heard stories even physically abused by their husband gone to the pastor, and the pastor's counsel was, just go home and live a godly life, and by your example, your husband will be saved. If that was you, I apologize. On behalf of pastors, counselors, ministers, that was horrible advice. It was absolutely wrong. You're never supposed to stay in a place where you're being abused. In the same way, sometimes leadership, whether it's Christian or not, we tend to, we can lean into it, I should say. I don't want to say tend. We can lean into not making waves and just finding the person who seems a little bit more humble and asking them to do all the work. Can you just be more humble? Really what we're saying is I don't like working with the other person because they're kind of rough and they're kind of brash, and I'm not going to ask them. I'm not going to tell them to calm down at all. You're easy to work with. You're humble. You're going to do what I say, so will you just be better? Does that make sense? You may have done that too. I've done that, and that's the wrong thing to do. That's not what we're saying either. In these, in these moments where there's something wrong, we, we as leaders, and I, I could look at, at, at you know, my, my elders and say, when somebody comes, we have to do the hard thing sometimes, and we have to look at the truth and find out what's really happening, and we have to deal with it righteously. If you, if you go, if you're, you're part of this arbitration process, don't just go and say, just submit. Let's look for the truth, and sometimes we're going to have to rebuke somebody and stand against somebody's behavior That's an okay thing to do, isn't that what we want in the world? Sometimes you want. I'm not calling anyone a bully, and by the way, this isn't happening anywhere in the church right now, so you know I don't know of any situations. But sometimes the bully needs needs to get called on the carpet. And as leaders, that's what we need to do, if that's what it takes. So he he, in this in this section, he, he does say though he says. Um, to have lawsuits at all well, that's already a defeat for you. Well, well, why is he saying that? Because as an example to the world, when you can't get along as the body of Christ, it, it's not attractive to the world. We want to we want to show that that uh, we know how to pray, that we know how to work through issues, and we want to be a safe place. We want to be a safe place for anyone who's suffered abuse. We want to be a safe place for people who, who have been wronged. We want to be a place that we, we challenge people to live up to the standards of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Again, remember, I, Paul is talking to Christians, not talking to unsaved people. So this morning I'm talking to us as believers that we have this mandate to, to do it well and if, if we've allowed this thing to get so out of control that we're having to go to a, a court, we've already lost. Now, Paul takes the next step, and, and, and this is a tough one. He says, why not rather be defrauded? Well, that sounds like just be the victim. And, and I want to talk a little bit about this as we're kind of closing up. What he's really saying is, for the sake of the kingdom, for the sake of the kingdom. I heard one person say, take one for the team. Take one for the team. But for the sake of the kingdom, do you want to demand your rights? See, we're about, with this country, in the United States, we're about truth, law, and rights, and we're, we're moving away from that. It's one of the reasons we're having a hard time living in this country lately. Some of you are like, man, I don't recognize this. We're walking away from truth, from law, from order, and, and, and even from, from rights. We're giving certain people rights and taking rights away from other people. You have the right to protest and burn down buildings you don't have the right to protect yourself from people who want to burn down your building. Okay. Well, a lot of other countries, they don't really have any rights. So this is like, this is just, life is kind of crazy. We come from a place, a background where law and truth and rights, and that was part of things. And because of that, sometimes we can stand up and say, but it's my right. You wronged me, and I, need, and I need to be compensated. I need to hear that. And I think what, the, what, what Paul is saying is like, do you really need to demand your rights here? There's times in life that you might be right. I, this happens to me. You know, I, I'm right, but I don't necessarily have to tell everyone that I'm right. And I just need to go... Okay, I'm going to swallow my pride and not tell you, I told you so. We call that the I told you so. You want to have a problem with that one? You want to have a a husband or a wife who who likes to use that one on you? Don't raise your hand. (laughs) You know? There's been things in, 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 in our marriage where I won't give any, you know, specific things where maybe one of us will come in and, and we'll have been counseled by, Shannon will have counseled me or I maybe have counseled her. I don't think you should do that. don't think you should do that. And we do it anyways, and it goes bad. Tracking? goes bad. And we come in, and we're like, we look at them, and we say, well, it kind of went bad. And, and what do we do? I don't know if you do this. This is what we do in our house. Don't tell me I told you so. Right? She she said it to me, I've said it to her. And and a, in a good marriage, we don't. You don't need to. And, and we try to be not be smug either. Like Oh, this, this is a really tough one. Don't try not to even be smug. Like, okay. In the body, we need, as Christians, sometimes we need to determine whether or not we need to just say, you know, for the sake of the kingdom, I'm okay. Maybe it's like this. Remember years ago, I got a ticket when I wasn't doing anything wrong. And I couldn't convince the cop that I wasn't doing what he said I was doing. So I went to traffic school. And at traffic school, the the teacher there said, what what happened? And so I gave my case. And he goes, you should have fought that. He says, you were in the right, and I think you could have won. And I said, I know. But there's been plenty of times that I didn't get caught (laughs) and I figure I'm just kind of paying my due now. (laughs) If we look at life like that sometimes, we might come to the point of, I can let this one go. Mm -hmm. Is it perhaps like the man who had the huge debt and the, and the rich man, he got him and he was going to have him thrown into debtors, debtor's prison. And he threw himself on the mercy. He says, oh, please forgive me. And, and he forgave his debt. Immediately, this guy who just had this huge debt went out, found somebody, owed him 10 bucks and shook him and said, you pay me that 10 bucks you owe me. When the rich ruler found out that he did that, he took him and he threw him into prison. He says, I forgave you this huge debt. You're going to beat somebody up over 10 bucks? And he threw them away. And he says, you're going to stay in that prison until you pay back everything. I think as Christians, we need to sometimes go, I can overlook this. Yeah, but you were wronged. I know. I know. And I don't want to just give somebody a free pass if they're not going to grow and learn from it. We don't always want to do that. But we need to judge and sometimes go, I'm going to let this one go. I'm going to take one for the team. I'm going to let myself be defrauded, as it says here. I'm going to suffer wrong. What I love is it closes up this little little section with saying, but he turns it from the person saying, maybe you just need to do that. And, and I'm not going to be the person to tell you that's what you need to do. I can't be your Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit can be it for you. So when we're going through these issues, sometimes you need to go, hey Lord, what do you want me to do? And you say, I'm not going to demand my rights. Anyone, anyone ever have driver's ed with Jack Oxney? <laughs> he was my driving, driving teacher up here. I loved Jack. And uh, he used to say, Listen, you have the right-of-way here. Don't demand it. Remember that? And why? Because just because you have the right-of-way doesn't mean somebody's not going to plow into you. You know a great th- where, where, where a great one is on that? Is it lippies? Coming up. Just for fun, who has the right-of-way? The person coming and going swooping or the person starting out and going straight? Yeah, the person who's doing forty. Try the big city post office. Oh yeah, (laughs) right. When I'm going straight, I look at the cars coming. Mm -hmm. I can tell if they're slowing down or not, and they're doing forty or fifty. And you know what I can do? Well, I'm going to demand my own way. (laughs) Or I can go. Go ahead. Sometimes wisdom says, sometimes wisdom says, you can have this one. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will tell you. And other times he's gonna say, no, stand up because this person needs to learn a lesson. Now I'm talking about driving. Unless you've got a tank. (laughs) In life, sometimes the Holy Spirit actually will say, no, 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 do not yield, do not humble yourself. I have a plan. I got to stop looking over at Ken. I think he knows I'm just I got a plan. I'm scared that
0: he's looking
1: at me. I know that's why I'm like I got to stop that. I've got a plan. I need to humble this person. I need to correct this person and if you yield and do this one more time, this person isn't going to grow and learn what he needs to learn or she's going to learn. So we need to be led by the Holy Spirit and there's sometimes you go no. We're going to go to the leadership. We're, going to, we're not going to let this one go. We're going to deal with this because it has to be done. That is righteous. That is an okay thing to do. We need to be led by the Holy Spirit, but never go out of the church to deal with this. And in verse 8, he says, you yourselves wrong and defraud. He's taught, now he changes it not to the, the victim, not to the person who's maybe been wrong. He's looking to the other believers and go, stop defrauding people. Stop it. And this is where sometimes in the past and even today, when somebody is being hurt by somebody else, that we don't look at that person and say, stop it. And we need to stop. Abuse is wrong. Hurting people is wrong. Defrauding people is wrong. Stealing from people is wrong. All these things, they're wrong, and that should not be the behavior of any Christians. Let's stand up for righteousness. Let's, let's le- learn to live in unity. Let's, when we do have a, a real issue, let's deal with that. Let's work through this and be an example to others. One of the things that happened here, let me close up. One of these things that happened here is the, the judgment seat in the Roman culture was often in the marketplace. It's called the Bema seat. And they would take these cases right to that, the judge or the magistrate, in the middle of the marketplace and they would try a court case out in the open and in this culture at the time there wasn't a lot going on so sometimes people would come just to watch court cases I'm glad we don't ever do that in our society I mean can you imagine if like somebody put a court case on TV or something and we just sat and watched it day after day I mean God I'm glad that doesn't help it happen today and that was happening then, and so people would come. And so here, Christians' lives would be on display. Go, well, he wronged me, and he wronged me, and we're supposed to be lovers of Jesus and humble, and we're supposed to be, and he just proved to we weren't. And sometimes the juries could have hundreds of people on them. Hundreds of people, and the majority would win. And so there just became this circus. And, and Paul's going, don't do that. For the sake of the kingdom of God, let's deal with this. In-house, not hide it, in case you heard that, because there's been things going on that like churches have tried to hide. I'm not talking hide it. I'm talking about resolving it. Let's learn how to, to, to rub up against each other and to challenge and to grow and to learn to be humble, but also to learn to be strong and say this has to be taken. This has to be dealt with. Don't defraud. Don't wrong. And then it goes on, and, and we're going to do this over the next couple of weeks, but it goes on in comparing this person who's simply defrauding somebody in the church. Maybe they didn't do the work or whatever. He starts comparing that to, don't you know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Pretty powerful words as a segue into the next couple of weeks as we go. Church, let's, let's learn to be righteous and, and let's deal with our issues Let's be strong. Let's confront when we need to confront. Let's let's not demand our rights when when that's what God wants us to do and show the world that that this is the way to live. <coughs> let's show the world this is the way to live. Amen. Let's pray. God, sometimes this world is tough. Sometimes within the church, the people that we love show their humanness, and they fail. They fail us. Sometimes we fail other people. God, I thank you that your word gives us instructions on how to to deal with these conflicts. God, I thank you that your word tells us to to work together to bring unity, to call in those with wisdom to help so that we can come to resolution. Help us to not be people who just run when there is a conflict, switch churches when there's a conflict, but to go in for the long haul knowing that we're brothers, that we're sisters, we're in this, we're your people, and that ultimately you're desiring us to be an example to the world. God, help us. Lord, I want to pray a special prayer for those who've been wronged in here. Lord, I thank you, and I ask you to be their vindicator. God, I I know that everyone who's been wronged, Lord, you remember everything that's ever happened, and you hate when one of your children is, is wronged, abused, hurt. Your word says that vengeance is yours. And you will repay. And so, Lord, I pray that those who've been wronged would know that you hear, you see, and you're the judge. And you will vindicate and you will repay wrong for wrong. God, I ask that for some of us in here that you would strengthen us to stand up against unrighteousness or stand up against when somebody is being unfair Help us to challenge in love and bring about unity. God, I thank you for this church that you've just got a, a, you've blessed us with an amazing group of people who, by and large, we just love one another. Lord, but we know that the time will come when there'll be some grievances. Help us walk through those and grow from them. Bless us today with your presence the spirit of wisdom, and the spirit of peace in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hey, you guys have a, an amazing weekend. Don't forget time change.